With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. My take is it's the same take that everybody in the building saw as the refs looked at it and they decided not to call it because uh, we were already on the power play. Cost us the game. Nino has a breakaway. It's Morrissey that breaks it up. He should be out of the game. Uh, you know, I can't believe uh, still a little heated about it, but i got to watch what I say. Uh, but they were looking right at it and they told us they didn't see it, so you, you make up your minds. Uh, yeah, I, that is an interesting quandary. This Morrissey, by the way, had an NHL hearing today. He's going to get suspended. He won't play Friday in uh, Winnipeg, I would guess. At least one game. He might get he suspended, might get, too, yeah, for that. Too. Uh, but that will make them two defensemen short, so maybe there's a chance. But uh, it was amazing, the, uh, <laughs> the kid that crossed it. You know what I love? I love all locker rooms, baseball, hockey, uh, bet all locker rooms when a teammate does something egregious mm-hmm. and nobody sees it or I wasn't uh, paying attention. I, I didn't, you know, I, I talked to four or five Jets or overheard them being asked about it. They were all asked, well, you know, Josh isn't that kind of a guy. I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose. I didn't really get a good look at it. Uh, <laughs> even if they were on the ice four feet away from him, they right. never, they never got a good look at it. Uh, that certainly could have changed the game. It could have put him on a five on three. That said, uh, boy, did they, uh, while let uh, uh, Winnipeg take them apart in the third period, they just could not generate anything. I didn't believe that Winnipeg was enough of a defensive team, especially with this mediocre goalie who, who actually played pretty well last night because the, they, they kept the Wild from jumping on the rebounds and, and he didn't kick as many rebounds out as he had previously. But... Uh, they, they just shut them down completely, and they treated that one-goal lead like it was three goals. They played very conservative. And then, what would you say, about eight minutes to go? 
I would even they say just, longer than that. Yeah, eight nine minutes. They just had the puck down on the wild mm-hmm. end the whole, you know, two thirds of the time. The wild had last seven eight minutes. They had maybe two three moments down on the other I end. I think of the when ice. the game started, too, Pat, and I, I was here. I, I, I'm sorry, I was driving home when the game started, so I had to listen to it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to watch it on TV. But you got the sense that the Wild were kind of saying, "All right, well, let's try to see what we can do here," based upon the Parise news, and then. Once that goal was scored, the air was really let well, out of that building. Well, they skated pretty well, I thought, for a while. They certainly were skating with them and, uh, you know, well into the second period, I thought. But uh, the crowd, now I, I, I was listening to the Rival Stations postgame show because I like to listen to Pat Micheletti mm-hmm. when driving home. And I heard maybe six calls uh, right before they were going off the air at 11 o'clock, I guess. And uh, two or three of them were guy, young guys full of beer in their 20s who complaining that the crowd wasn't crazy enough. Well, well what are you... First of all, you're walking in, finding... Hell, heck, half the crowd found out that Parisi wasn't playing as they were walking into in the, the building, arena. Yes. Already, there isn't much... You know, last year they went into that St. Louis series full of confidence that the Wild were going to win and that this and that was they were a, the better team. This was a team that yep. had a chance yep. to get to the second round, and once you get there, who knows? From the time these playoffs started, then they ended up with Winnipeg, which is uh, it, by all accounts a better team, and you didn't have Suter, and now you're walking in, and you find out you don't have Parisi, who's you know if this was Parisi in one of his three goals in 20 games, periods, you might not be as depressed. Mm-hmm. But he's scoring a goal a game. Yes, he's, he's been, been great fantastic. for six weeks. And uh, so now you find out you lose him. They had they had 106% of capacity. They show up. This is, these are the, this is the only crowd in town that isn't frontrunners, in my opinion. Oh, they sh- oh yeah, huh? yes, for, absolutely. They are not frontrunners. They are emo- they are more emotionally Viking fans are emotionally involved with the team but in a different way. We get mad at them. Well, we even, get mad at the Vikings. And right? even look at back there was so much skepticism around the quarterback in the early stages of the season. That there were some of those games early on at home where secondary market wasn't that great I'm for looking, those tickets. But I'm you know looking, what I'm saying? I'm looking big picture though. Sure. I'm looking that the Vikings there's a there's a fierce emotional attachment to the Vikings. This is almost like family, the people who go to these games. Right. They they want they are they do not want to end up saying anything negative about the Viking crowd doesn't mind going and saying something nasty about the Vikings mm-hmm. if it turns out that way. These guys these people want good things to happen to the wild. I mean, cuz they're their buddies. They love them. They're their heroes. That's that's my opinion anyway. We've never had a team in this town never have had a team Long term, that has the 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 attachment of their fans that these people do. As far as we love the Wild, and I think they were depressed because they knew that this. Even if somehow you win tonight, they know that this cannot be the playoff run without Parisi and Suter. They right. know that mm-hmm. this is not going to lead to anything. 
And I don't blame the crowd for not going and screaming like maniacs, especially in the third period when your team can't get the puck out of its own end. Well, so. they, they had the six on five for the final however many minutes. They had one shot on goal. One. Well, Winnipeg really shut them down. Yes, I, I talked to Blake Wheeler after the game, and I said, I'm surprised that you, you, your team plays that way. And he says, eh, we, we have done a very good job of holding on to one and two goal leads, he said, all year long. So that's one reason they're good. So uh, anyway, uh, Wild in trouble. Uh, the world, the world, But the uh, Jets will have some problems because they're going to be missing two of their regular defensemen. It doesn't sound like this Myers kid will be back. And Morrissey's a really good player. And they're going to be missing him for the cross check. What so. was the uh, what was the comment you got from the uh, the guy about the celebration if the if the Jets happened to clinch? Yeah, 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 I was talking to a couple of guys in the bars, and he said, "If we win Friday, Saturday, and Sunday aren't going to be good enough for the celebration." <laughs> he said, "I know I won't be at work Monday, and maybe not Tuesday." He That's said, so. "Well, they've never, you know, they, this is until yeah. this year they'd never won a playoff game. They'd only played one year in the playoffs, and they went zero and four." So. Hey, uh, the great Tim Kirkjian in Puerto Rico uh, covering the uh, Twins game tonight. He'll be on the ESPN telecast of the Twins tonight if we get her going because of rain or power failures and our other things. Well, we're going to talk to Timmy when we get back. Now on the ride with Royce. Time for a quick check on traffic conditions. Traffic and weather. Traffic and weather together. together. Sponsored by KFC. Let's go out to the West Metro, uh, Plymouth and Maple Grove, that area. Semi-rig pulling a job site office trailer. Had a flat tire. That flat tire caused the axle to break, and that caused the axle to veer off, or the uh, trailer, excuse me, to veer off the road and lodge itself in a snowbank. All of this happened a couple of hours ago, northbound 494, north of 49th, so that's why traffic is jamming at County 6 down in Plymouth. The worst part, it's going to take hours to get it out of there. Right now, it's uh, between 30 and 40 minutes from 394 to 94. If you need relief, you'll find a little over on northbound 169, 394 to 918. KFC has a new 100% white meat $5 fill-up. It comes with a breast and a whole wing. That's how KFC came up with what to call this $5 fill-up. Yep. Kirkjian is with us, ESPN.com and ESPN, and uh, we'll be uh, telecasting tonight's Twins game with the Cleveland Indians. They've had a power outage on the island, a widespread one. They say the game is on, that the stadium will uh, be okay. Uh, I was just talking to you, though, the airport at this point is not open. Well, thank goodness I didn't try to fly in today uh, because I would have been in a lot of trouble. But seriously, this speaks to the issue that they're having yes. here. You know, here in San Juan, everything is okay. They're playing baseball. People are happy. But at other parts of the island, uh, they're in big trouble here. And I talked to the groundskeeper yesterday, special groundskeeper, who helped put this stadium back together after the hurricane. And that was a lot of work. He said 70% of the locals who came to help him and worked on the field uh, would go home to a powerless home at night. That's how bad it is here. And even though the numbers suggest that 95% of the people have all their power back, apparently that's misleading. There are a lot of people here still in deep trouble. And we're still having power outages. And the hurricane happened in September. So it's... uh, 
Something to be concerned about, to say the least. And if uh, something blows, we've seen this way back in the day in New York City and other places. If if it gets started, when when your uh, power grid is minimal and something blows, uh, it can uh, affect the whole dang area. So I guess that's what's well, happening down yeah. there. Let's just hope everything is cleared up tonight, as they assure us it will be. And then let's hope everyone who's leaving can fly safely tomorrow. All right, Tim. Getting snowed out for three days, and then having to then flying to Puerto Rico, and a lot of the twins were excited about the trip, but not playing for four days and then running into Corey Kluber. That's not optimum for a baseball team. No, that is torture. And <laughs> he was good last night. He wasn't at his best, but he was really good. It reminded me of what Mark Teixeira once told me about opening day. He said. Opening day is so much fun. God, I love it so much. And then you look around and go, oh, my God, we're facing Corey's Kluber. It's not that much fun. That's how good that guy is. And he was pretty good last night. So we'll give the Twins a pass on that one. And, of course, they got Jose Barrios going tonight. So the Indians might be in a similar spot. Hey, we're playing this really important series, and now we're going up against a kid who's got fabulous stuff. Okay, Tim. Kluber is Maddox to me. Now, not the same assortment of stuff, but the the obvious preparation that goes into facing every batter, the idea that he has a plan with everybody he faces, and he has the pitches for everyone he faces. He reminds me of Maddox, and I know everybody says, okay, look at Maddox. He was in the steroid era, but he also was getting three inches off the corner. You don't get that anymore with the computer, so things are just as tough for Kluber as they were for Maddox, in my opinion. Right. Now, he's not Maddox career value-wise. He hasn't gotten anywhere close to that, given hasn't pitched nearly as long, but his stuff is firmer than Greg Maddox's was, and Greg Maddox is one of the five greatest pitchers of all time for me but Kluber's stuff is ridiculously good and he's got a plan as you said for every hitter and he can dot that fastball and that slider and that curveball and that changeup wherever he wants and he is a nightmare for hitters and I'm still not sure everyone out there appreciates how good he's been in his career two Cy Youngs and close to another one and there's no reason to think he might not get another one before his career is over. Oh, and by the way, okay, last year maybe we were worried if he had a weary arm in the playoffs, he wasn't as sharp as normal. So uh, maybe we're going to take it a little easier on him this season, and he starts off by going nine. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, well, what a horse. Yeah, we're trying to protect our pitchers these days, Pat, <laughs> and I'm just not sure of all the drills, whether they're all working or not. But he's a horse. And they need him, and he better be great if they're going to win that division. But I have no reason to think he won't be great. Tim, uh, the uh, it's it. We've always said he throws a heavy ball, and it's it's hard to define what that is. But you you know it when you see it, and that's that that breaking pitch of his comes in there with a thump. Yeah, you know J.J. Hardy, former Twin, asked me last year. He said, "Is there any way to measure?" whether somebody has a heavy ball or not. <laughs> like with all these dumb metrics, yes, crazy right. metrics that we do, I said, J.J., no, I don't think there's anything that can <laughs> measure that. The only people who can measure that are the hitters who, you know, have to hit. And it hits their bat, and it just feels like they're hitting a shot put instead of a baseball. I think that's the definition of a heavy ball. 
Kevin Brown had that, and Corey Kluber certainly has that. All right. Uh, Twins have played 12 games. Uh, that's uh, As of uh, yesterday, that was two fewer than everybody else and as many as seven fewer than some teams. This is, uh, you know, you got to deal with it, but this is not optimum for a ball club to uh, be running into all the games they're going to be playing this summer. Right, I agree. And it's not even optimum to this point, Pat. This, as we all know, is a daily game. It's played best when it's played every day. And you play 30 days in a row, basically, in spring training, in warm weather, and suddenly you're playing every other day and sometimes every fifth day, and you're doing it in freezing cold weather in the snow, you're doing it in all these different states. Look, no sympathy required. Everybody's going through something like this. But the Twins are going to get, hopefully, a little bit of a pass here early that this is a game of rhythm, it's a game of routine, and until you get start to play every day on a regular basis, you're never going to be your best. And then when things start to pile up in the summer and you got two games in a day and you don't have seven healthy pitchers for the doubleheader, that's when you're in trouble. Uh, Tim, uh, the uh, we always talk about the great mysteries of baseball. So last year, the Red Sox... Couldn't score any runs. We thought they were going to be a hitting machine. They couldn't score any runs. Mookie had a bad year for him. And now they're 14 and 2 and scoring runs, you know, taking Otani and slaughtering him. And uh, Mookie's going to be the MVP. How's this happen? Well, I'm not quite sure. As you said, Pat, <laughs> the mystery of baseball, one of the great beauties of the game. We slap our foreheads and say, how did that happen? Now, J.D. Martinez, of course, is the one guy added from last year who has made a big difference. But it's also Mookie's been better. Until Xander Bogarts got hurt, he was great. Devers, the third baseman, has been up for the whole season. That guy is strong as an ox. And they're just getting production from uh, from everywhere. And that's what's so impressive about that team. And I think there's a slightly different attitude on that team, nothing against John Farrell, the manager, but Alex Cora has brought in a slightly different look to that team, a slightly different approach, and man, is it working, because 14-2 and two with that offense and David Price throwing the way that he has, uh, that's a pretty good formula they got going. Tim, what do you think of a hitter uh, getting the same uh, degree of suspension as Arenado did, as the pitcher who obviously intentionally hit him, and everybody knows that. I, I don't buy that one. If if Arenado's yeah. going to get five, the pitcher should get 15. Yeah, I don't understand that either. And it sounds like a little childhood war, but he started it. And if he starts it, he should be punished more than the guy who just did what most people would do. You get thrown at, you get hit intentionally. You're so angry you can't even see straight. As you know, Pat, Robert Ventura didn't want to go after Nolan Ryan that night, but he told me it hurt so much (laughs) that I couldn't even see straight. I couldn't even think clearly. And he said, by the time I came to my senses, I was halfway to the back. (laughs) And he couldn't stop. You can't stop then, right? Right. You got to keep. That's what happens when the pain comes and when the anger gets to the point 
where you don't know what you're doing. I've told you, Earl Weaver used to tell his guys, don't throw it in one. Don't charge the mound. You're going to get suspended. Our guys are better than their guys. <laughs> We're going to lose on that. But there's no accounting for wildly competitive people being put in that situation and then supposedly having to act rationally. It just doesn't always happen that way. My uh, fear is that we've had two or three brawls already based on this is that uh, pretty soon the umpires, if you pitch inside, you know, they're going to be issuing warnings uh, if, if you're trying to keep a guy off the plate. Uh, we Baseball always loves to overreact to these things. Yeah, and baseball players will always tell you, Pat, when we police it ourselves, we got the job done. <laughs> but when, the, when the leagues and the umpires got all the authority, that's when things went to hell. I'm not sure what to believe there, but let's hope we can keep the brawls to a minimum. They're not good for the game. Hey, uh, Lindor must be quite the hero down there. They went nuts when he hit that home run. Just one of the local guys, I guess, but they love him. They love him there, Pat. Pat, that was the first game that he played in Puerto Rico basically since he was 14 years old because he left to go to the United States to learn the language and learn how to play and get a better education and all this stuff. And that was really his return. And that trip around the bases was just (laughs) fabulous. It looked like he was showboating, but he wasn't because he looked around and thought, oh, my goodness, I've hit a bunch of homers for the Indians, and that's great, but this is my country. And he looked in the crowd, and he looked at his teammates, and he said, said, I just couldn't stop myself. (laughs) And I thought it was a great, great moment, and what a – it was perfect for if anyone was going to hit a homer that that night. It was Lindor, and I wish if Eddie Rosario had done the same thing for the for the other team, it would have been a close to a similar celebration. And uh, Lindor almost opened the game with one, which would have really been uh, something. But oh my uh, goodness, yeah, he t- he said the best ball he hit all night was the ball in the first inning, and it didn't get out. The other one was hit way in the air, and it went out. Either way, it was it was a really great night here for sure. Hey Tim, who's at the game? Who who's the crowd? Just uh, the common folk, or who, who's yeah, who's getting yeah. the tickets? Right, I went to the game in Cuba, Pat, two years ago, and it was you know all select people, like only the invited were able to go. I must have met twenty people last night, you know, in their sixties, seventies, and eighties, who just wanted to tell me about the history of baseball in Puerto Rico. One guy grabbed me and said, you know, Frank Robinson's first managing job was here. Another guy grabbed me and said, you know, Earl Weaver managed here. This is who these people are here, Pat. They love the game. They've grown up with the game. So everyone was invited last night, and that's what made it, I think, even better than the trip to Cuba. Hey, boy, Carlos Beltran is turning into the island hero, though, to help develop. You know, they had a slump there for producing ballplayers, and the Puerto Rican Academy kind of helped. But uh, Carlos, is uh, he is all in on his island, right? Right, and he spoke before the game on one of the local TV shows, and apparently he was just dazzlingly good that this island needs to return, not just not just to to health, but to prominence in baseball, and it's on its way. Because you're right, you know, five years ago, there was six years ago, there was a big trouble down here as far as why are we developing players like we used to? And the Carlos Barragas and the Eduardo Perez's got together and said, we got to do something. We got to make things better for our young players. And led by Carlos, they have. Hey, Carlos Bayarga, what's what's he doing? He seems to me to be a really sharp baseball man. Who's he working for? Well, he's working for uh, – he's done some stuff for the Indians, I know that. 
but he is he is so important here. I think his job is here to get everyone together more than anything because and he changed he changed the position in a lot of ways, Pat. We forget that, you know, we talk about all the power hitting shortstops. Carlos Berger started driving in a hundred runs at second base and teams started yes. looking around and saying, Hey, maybe we can get some pop at that position too. He had something to do with that change. Good luck, Tim, and we hope to see you back in uh, the continental United States here within the next three or four days. Well, me too. Hope all's well, but we'll have a great one tonight. Thanks, Pat. All right, Tim. Thank you, Tim Kirkjian. Uh On ESPN tonight uh, for the Twins and the Indians, they claim they have all the power they need at the ballpark, so that'll be good. You like lights when you're playing night games, that's for sure. And live inside of the TCL Broadcast Studios, this portion of the Ride with Royce today is brought to you by Metafast Weight Control Centers. An update on our earlier bidet story, uh, Johnny Hyde. Uh, you can uh, go to the uh, Google and type in Dave Hill and the Japanese Toilet on Pat Ricey's show. And uh, get about uh, four. We get a little Dave Hill music followed by a, wouldn't you say, a uh, about thorough, five minutes, yeah, a no. thorough review of uh, the uh, Japanese <laughs> version of the bidet from Dave now, Hill. Now, did Dave upload the audio or what, did Burnsy do that? I have no idea. No, hmm. it's on YouTube. Somebody, I think a listener did it. Huh. Because it's pretty funny. If you if you like that sort of thing, which we all do, <laughs> but uh, Dave gives good guests. He's a really good guest. Oh, man, he knows how a, to play the game, and it's it's a really good segment. He's got the uh, he's got the great subtle, uh, very subtle, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost sheepish like. Yes, he's, uh, uh, of course. His best thing he does is when a vicious dictator dies, and he starts tweeting out <laughs> yeah. how they were buddies, reminiscences, and, you know. <laughs> What pals they were, and then what a really good guy, funny guys they were. People go nuts. A lot of people don't realize he's very funny in real life. (laughs) Here's Johnny. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, where the very best quality meats are slow cooked for 14 hours every day. Dickie's now delivers right to your door. When you're ready to eat, head to dickies.com. Twins and Indians playing game two of their series in Puerto Rico tonight. Although the island uh, has no power, the plan is to use large generators to power the field. Uh, Assuming they do play, Puerto Rican native Jose Barrios pitches for the Twins. Carlos Carrasco for the Indians. Uh, And, yes, the bad news. uh, Byron Buxton. Uh, He's sitting again with migraines, and in fact, he's been put on the 10-day disabled list. I would guess he's going to have an appointment at the mail uh, instead of going to Tampa, wouldn't you? No. And they're going to go see if they can figure this out. Yep. Uh, Ryan Lamar, who's with the team as the 26th man for this game, because it's an international game, will be uh, on the spot on the 25-man roster once they head back here to play Tampa Bay this weekend. little Kepler in center field one day and Eddie Rosario the next, probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got uh, Grossman in right tonight. Uh, Eddie's No, Eddie's still in left, sorry, and Max mm-hmm. Kepler in center field again. So basically, it's the same lineup as last evening. You know, uh, be- quickly back to Dave Hill. He is a must follow on Twitter, uh, including a couple of days ago where he just says, Lake Superior needs to get over itself. <laughs> <laughs> he had, when I was trying to find it, he was doing a, a tour right? and he was in some, some other country and he just says, I'm in, you know, name the country, where's all the sex? Yeah. Things like that. He is. Uh, he's a must follow on Twitter. 
Wolves Mr. With, Dave Hill is yes. Uh, Wolves with game two in their playoff series tonight down in Houston. The Rockets lead that series one game to none. Uh, Wild now up against it after losing last night. They traveled to Winnipeg for game five on Friday, down three games to one in the best of seven. Uh, this morning, here's what Coach Bruce Boudreau uh, said that the team needs to do right now. If you look at beating Winnipeg three times in a row, you're you're looking at a, well, that's a pretty daunt, gaunt, daunting task. But you got to look at, at, at it as just playing one game. Just win one game. Then when you wake up the morning after you, you win the one game, you just think about winning one more game. And that that's the way you think about it. Now, if, if they win two more, one more games, and then they get to game seven, do they think about how Bruce never wins a game seven? Do they think about that? I think they have to say, win one more game. Yes, win one more game and forget Bruce's track record in game sevens. Well, he's one of the guys. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Josh Morrissey with a hearing with the NHL Department of Player Safety today. The Winnipeg Jets defenseman facing discipline for cross-checking wild setter Eric Stahl in that game last night. Uh, no word. Uh, nothing handed down yet, anyway, as far as discipline. How come we didn't beat him up? Yeah, nothing really happened. No, we didn't go after him with a cheap shot, but they'll probably do it up in Winnipeg. Uh, Jonathan Mann, a three-star well, of wide... Of he won't be playing, so... He'll be, he'll be uh, suspended. He'll be suspended. Yep. Yeah. Jonathan Mann, three-star wide receiver from Rosemount, who will be a junior this fall, announced uh, last night via Twitter he has committed to the Gophers football program. Man becomes the Not first. Not too late, kid. You can still change your mind. <laughs> he becomes the first player, the class of 2020, to give Coach P.J. Fleck a verbal commitment. Uh, one other baseball note. I don't know if you saw this. Jose Batista has a job finally. Yeah, I saw that. Unbelievable. Signed a minor league deal with the Braves, and they want him to play third base. Remember, he was a third baseman many years he's ago. 500 years old. Yeah. yeah he's 37, and he uh, started as a third baseman with the Pirates and Orioles. Hey, you haven't the played day. there in 30 years. Get on out there. Uh, the deal would pay him a million dollars in the majors if he makes it up to the majors, include some incentives. Uh, he has uh, said he hoped to play the rest of this year, but uh, the Braves, uh, they have a full outfield. They said, we'd like you to come up and play at third base, please. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. How's the weather look? The ride with Royce. Traffic is in. Here's, Here's the forecast. Traffic and weather. Traffic and weather. Together. This one's sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. Northbound 494. From 394 to 94, it's 30 minutes due to the jam between 55 and this incident still there uh, north of 49th. Uh, if you're thinking northbound 169, starting at 494, the strip going up to 394, you've got a 30-minute drive there. If your journey continues up to 94, it's 20 more minutes. Inbound at 394. What a miserable prospect between 100 and downtown. Let's see five extra, uh, five, six extra minutes there. And in Arden Hills, you're going to back her down westbound 10 between 694 and 35W due to a wreck near County 96. Click on professionalturf.com for a free in-person lawn analysis and get a lawn fertilizer and weed control program custom made for your yard. A beautiful lawn is just a click away, professionalturf.com. Portion of the Ride with Royce is sponsored by Shell. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards Program. Start saving on, on your very first fill and continue to save on every fill every day. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving today. 3-2 again. High fly ball, well hit, deep left, back, back, back. Shohei 
Otani say hello to Mookie Betts. His third of the season. A heck of an at-bat. He touches them all, and the Sox lead it one to nothing. Shohei Otani made his third start for the Angels on Tuesday night, and he had been absolutely fantastic in his first two. And... The people in Orange County and the L.A. area were paying attention. The crowd at Angel Stadium last night was 44,822. Wow. That was the second largest crowd in the 20 years since they renovated the Big A, meaning since the Rams left and they yep. redid it. Mm-hmm. And the first Tuesday sellout since they gave away Mike Trout bobbleheads four years ago. Sure. Unfortunately, uh, if you're in the L.A. area, oh, at that time of day, let's say you're trying to get to a ball game at 6 o'clock, there's some traffic. Sure. You got a couple of traffic. A little hiccups. There's, a, there's some people out there. Now, 5 doesn't exactly breeze along, and uh, 405. And Anyway, the crowd, uh, this is Bob Nightingale, the crowd fervently fought through the traffic waddled through the turnstiles, got to their seats, only to stare in disbelief of what they were seeing. The man of the hour, the man who they came to celebrate, was already gone. Oh, uh, I didn't. Otani lasted two innings. Uh, they hooked him after two, 66 pitches. He had a little bit of a blister on his finger. But uh, more than that, uh, he uh, had no command whatsoever. Uh, and he ended up giving up uh, three runs, four hits, two walks, and he struck out only one. Also, he had produced uh, 26 swings and misses alone in his last start against the A's. On this night, the Red Sox had three swings and misses. On his last 40 pitches, he didn't have anybody swing and miss. So uh, that... But this Mookie Betts home run that you heard described there, ball was down. He golfed it off his shoe tops. Ball in about ninety eight, and he just yanked it. And the Red Sox, meanwhile, now fourteen and two, just killing the ball. But uh, you know, Otani was uh, this was catching on as Fernando is the Angels' version of Fernando Mania. Uh, but he got uh, knocked around. Do you have to make night. a bit of an exception with this one and kind of maybe see what happens at his next start because he was facing the Red Sox? I mean, that lineup is so yeah, deep. Yeah, except last year they were terrible. They last were. Year they were scored yeah. like 13th most runs in the American League. But it is, it is a good lineup, and Mookie has decided to uh, have a really good year after not mm-hmm. having as good a year last year. Uh, but. Uh, Otani uh, said that uh, he would have uh, continued to pitch if it was a uh, bigger game, uh, but he said uh, it definitely, uh, Socia said that the uh, blister definitely affected his command of his pitches. We don't know that or not. The fact he was getting hit might have uh, might have affected his pitches. Uh, Mookie Betts said his stuff is there. Everything is there. He throws 100, and he has a good 90-mile-an-hour splitter, slider, and curveball. He's got it all. But our team had a good approach against him today. Yes, go down and hit a home run. Right, uh, start hacking. Uh, out, out of the ballpark. So uh, Was that yeah, one of the Otani. concerns with him uh, making the transition Otani now I'm talking about? Was that because he's going to try to play both, that injury might be a, a, a little concern here, especially well, early on? Have a bliss. They said he's going he's gonna to DH uh, on Thursday. So, oh, he is? Yeah, okay. Not, I mean, it's. I, I think the blister's a 
They're trying to throw him an excuse, you know, for, because of the performance for, for the performance. That's the way it sounds. Now, I was hearing yesterday they the original plan was to pitch him on Sundays. That's what he did in Japan because they use six man rotations. Okay, know? pitch him on Sundays and then Mondays a day off. They have like nine Monday day offs. Okay, but they already got out of kilter because I think they had a postponement. So now they pitched him on Tuesday, and they're not they're going to keep keep him on the one a week once a week. Uh, pitching pace, I guess, and he doesn't play the day before a game. Uh, he pitches, and he doesn't play the day after a game. He pitches, but so I would, since he only threw sixty-six pitches, if they, why don't they go back to the Sunday plan and have him start? Because he could easily do be that. Back on there. sure. Anyway, uh, Otani got knocked around. In, in case you didn't hear, Johnny Height, Byron Buxton, uh, once again missing today because of uh, migraines and the Twins have placed him on the 10-day DL. Uh, can't be because they really needed the roster spot. Has to be they want him to get checked and uh, get on some kind of a program that will help him eliminate the migraines. And I'm but trying to think of the athlete that we had spent a lot of time trying to get the migraine, rid of the migraines in the Twin Cities here, and it wasn't Percy. Somebody else. We had on a program here to try to get rid of the migraines. Uh, I, I don't think it was Percy. It was somebody else. And it wasn't one of the, you know, Maurer Morneau with the concussions? It no, wasn't no, something no, like no. that? No, no, The migraines. Just mm. just a guy with a, a career migraine problems, and I, I can't remember who the hell it was. But, uh, you know, anyway, that's uh, that's uh, this is not a uh, – this is a promising season that is off to a lousy start because they don't play, and then they uh, got Buxton hurt. They, uh, Polanco they got suspended. Santana, Polanco hurt. There's bad things happening, which is not good because it kind of sets a vibe of how the season might go. Well, we'll find out tonight. Barrios supposedly supposed to pitch tonight in Puerto Rico against the Indians. Games on ESPN at 6 o'clock. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now... This day in history. Patrick? And what little mission of mischief brings you out of the bushes? Hiding present. Wouldn't it have been simpler to have it sent over? Oh, no. Whoever brought it could never say what I want to say. Well? Oh, lovely. Unrelenting, huh? You said you had something to say. Well, yes, I'd... Hoped you changed. Little Tracy maybe softened some. Well, not not for my sake entirely, but for yours. You stand a better chance for happiness. Thank you. I'll manage. Oh, yeah. Grace Kelly in High Society, one of her many great films. Uh, my favorite was Rear Window, although in 1952, that was her first big break. She played Gary Cooper's wife in the great western High Noon. Uh, won the uh, Academy Award uh, in uh, 1954 for the country girl uh, Bing Crosby uh, was an alcoholic songwriter in that movie and she played him and then in 1955 the great movie To Catch a Thief Cary Grant was her co-star so she was only co-starring with the guys oh, you yeah. know, the big hitters mm-hmm. and supposedly was friendly with uh, a number of them oh. that was always the rumor that uh, she was friendly with them but they, they filmed To Catch a Thief on the French Riviera and there she met met Prince Rainier of Monaco. 
she wasn't that enamored, but he put on the full court press a lot of long distance correspondence. He had a goal I, in mind. Yes, and I, you know, if you've seen Gracie, you, you, you wouldn't blame him. By the son of very wealthy Philadelphia parents, she came from mm-hmm. the main line of Philadelphia, a very high society debutante type type of gal, and looked exactly like that. Uh, but anyway, on this date, April eighteenth, nineteen fifty six. Uh, she became uh, Princess Grace. She married uh, the uh, Prince of Monaco, and uh, everything was. Uh, they had three kids. I remember meeting her. Uh, I, I went to a press conference with one of her sons, who I believe was at a, an Olympics, a Winter Olympics. He was a. Uh, I'm not sure what he was doing. Hmm. Maybe a. Oh, what the, the bobsledder. He sure. is a bobsledder. You know, when you're putting on the full court press... He, he was when a good-looking guy, too. When you introduce yourself as Prince, that's a pretty that's good a prince, starting yeah. point. And he was a dashing older man, but uh, unfortunately for Grace, she died at age 52 in, ni- in September 1982 when she drove off a mountain road. Uh, mm. She was driving herself and drove off a mountain road September 1982. I highly recommend Rear Window. When Jimmy Stewart, who has the broken leg... Wakes up, and Hitchcock has lit Grace Kelly just the way he wants to in mm-hmm. the window because that old pervert loved to make women look good. Right. That's that's as good looking as a woman has ever been in that lighting when uh, Stuart wakes up in that scene on Rear Window, which is a fantastic movie with Raymond Burr as the bad guy. To slip away somehow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.